today, in case you missed the opening slide, is the Feast of St. John the 23rd. Before he was uh, made Pope, his name was Angelo Roncalli. And when he became Pope, one month before he turned 78 years old, he stunned the world a few months later by calling for the Second Vatican Council. He urged the church to engage with the world rather than to remain isolated from the world. We're still debating the impact of Vatican II because the general rule of thumb is it takes 100 years to figure out how effective a council is. But John 23rd's feast day has been chosen to coincide with the opening of the council. Most saints' feast day is related to their date of death, but it was deliberately decided his would be on October 11th because today is the 53rd anniversary of the opening of Vatican II. In our gospel today, a man who has been faithful to the commandments asks Jesus what more he must do to inherit eternal life. When Jesus tells him that he needs to sell his possessions, he is crestfallen. When Jesus says this and we hear it, perhaps we are crestfallen too. But all is not lost. I'd like to think that Jesus knew what was holding this particular man back in his ongoing quest for holiness. And that is why Jesus suggested that this man sell all his possessions. Clearly, many of you have obligations to other people that cannot be fulfilled if you became missionaries like me. I think the more important question today is, what is holding me back in my journey of discipleship? Is there an obvious next step that I've been afraid to take? Lord Jesus, you were born into our world and walked among us. Lord, have mercy. mercy. Christ Jesus, you understand the challenges that hold us back from following you more closely. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you sent us your Holy Spirit to help us surmount these challenges. Lord, have mercy. mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. When St. John 23rd was growing up, he despaired because he was not as holy as his patron saint, his favorite saint, Aloysius. But eventually he had a revelation. It wasn't that he wasn't as holy as Aloysius. It was that he was different from Aloysius. As the good Pope later explained, and I quote, I am not Saint Aloysius, nor must I seek holiness in his particular way. But according to the requirements of my own nature, my own character, and the different conditions of my life, I must not be the dry, bloodless reproduction of a model, however perfect. God desires us to follow the examples of the saints by adapting their virtues to our own individual capacities and particular circumstances. If St. Aloysius had been as I am, he would have become holy in a different way. Now, you've probably heard plenty of homilies on our gospel passage today extolling the virtues of religious life, the life of nuns, brothers, and priests like me who give up their possessions and their homes to travel wherever Christ calls us. It is a wonderful life. And I am convinced that several people in this parish, including people in this room, are called to it. No nervous laughter. Hmm. However, I think that such a homily focuses too narrowly. 
At the time of Jesus, people mistakenly thought that wealthy people were the holiest people. Their wealth was a sign of God's favor. So it was a huge shock for the disciples to hear Jesus declare that wealth was an obstacle to entering the kingdom of God. Each of us is called to a life of holiness. God has given each of us different gifts. I'm not called to be Aloysius or John the 23rd. God has given me different capacities and placed me in different circumstances than either of them. And for each of us, different challenges and temptations hold us back on the path to holiness. If you ran up to Jesus, knelt before him, and asked him what more you needed to do to inherit eternal life, what would he say to you? No, really. Take some time and think about it. If you had a good one-on-one conversation with Jesus about your life, and you asked him what one thing you should change, what would it be? And if you haven't had a one-on-one conversation with Jesus in a while, why haven't you? We have another term we use for one-on-one conversation with Jesus. Prayer. We need to continue to have these conversations with Jesus throughout our lives. And we need not be scared to have them. Mark notes that Jesus looks on the rich man with love. The author of our first reading says that once he received God's wisdom, all good things came to him. Over the past decade, I've sensed Jesus inviting me to get more involved with the ministries of social justice. Six years ago, I was involved with a wonderful organization in Ohio called BREAD, Building Responsibility, Equality, and Dignity. It's a complicated system, but I'll do my best to just give you the real necessary parts. This was a group that worked for social justice at the local level. Bread was made up and is made up of more than 50 faith communities in Franklin County, including Catholics, Baptists, Methodists, Lutherans, Episcopalians, Muslims, Jews, and Unitarians. Each year, these communities come together to identify a concrete problem in the county, study solutions offered in other cities, and then use their combined human resources and a good knowledge of the book of Nehemiah to pressure local officials to implement a realistic plan to address the problem. In recent years, Bread has successfully partnered with various government entities to address school truancy, drug treatment options, urban blight, and mental health care. And their work continues. I've always said that if such an organization came to Knox County, I would get involved. And then the phone rang this summer. The national organization that supports bread is attempting to get a similar organization going in Knox County. And several people told them they should call Father Rich. (laughs) Last month, I attended an initial planning meeting of what we're calling for now the Knox County Justice Ministry. Sadly, of the three dozen ministers in attendance, I was the only Catholic. As you pray with Jesus about what might be the next step for your growth in holiness, I hope several of you, okay, and to be clear, if you're visiting from Washington State, 
and there's several of you, or you don't live in Knox County, you're off the hook for the next paragraph. I hope several of you in Knox County will consider joining me in this fledgling ministry. We have the potential to make a difference at the local level, building bridges between rich and poor, between the privileged and the underprivileged, among people of various faith traditions and various ethnic backgrounds. I have a sign-up sheet in the lobby. Would you be able to move the podium just so it's right there in the middle as people are walking out, they have to bump into it on their way out? Thank you. All I ask for is your name and your email address, and I will send you updates on the next steps. You are not committing to doing anything. You're just committing to being informed. And if you usually come to 5.30 on Saturday night, sign up all your friends' names too, because I didn't get to preach to them. You know who I'm talking to. Yes, thank you. One of the next steps is a countywide Bible study on social justice that's going to be held on the morning of Halloween. I'm looking forward to being stretched, talking with evangelicals and possibly some Jewish people on interpretations of, who knows, maybe we'll be looking at Micah chapter 6. I'm not sure, but it's a hunch. St. John the 23rd recognized that we all have different paths to holiness but that we are all called to follow our paths. Once, when John the 23rd was visiting a hospital, he asked a boy what he wanted to be when he grew up. The boy said he wanted to be either a policeman or a pope. <laughs> I would go in for the police if I were you, John said. Anyone could become a pope. <laughs> Look at me. Everyone can build up the kingdom of God. Look at us.